This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Premier David Eby, like a lot of elected officials, is up in Prince George today, part of the uh, BC Resources uh, Summit, when uh, the forest industry, the LNG industry, the mining industry, anything to do with extraction uh, of uh, natural resources. Well, everybody's meeting up in Prince George uh, this week, uh, talking about a variety of issues. uh, But the the Premier was there uh, making an announcement uh, regarding a clean hydrogen system, uh, which would be, uh, which is a project proposed by a based Heralta Hydrogen Solutions. Uh, basically, they would use her, uh, hydrogen, uh, which would help reduce natural gas use for Canfor's pulp mill in that area. It would help uh, reduce uh, natural gas by about 25%. Here's Premier Eby making that announcement in Prince George. The announcement uh, today about this very exciting uh, project here uh, is that Chemtrade uh, has, uh, has identified an opportunity uh, in their production of sodium chlorate uh, to take waste hydrogen uh, and turn it, in, in partnership with Terralta, to turn it into a low-carbon fuel source uh, for Canfor's pulp and paper mill across the street uh, to, uh, to displace natural gas. Uh, this project will reduce 25% of the natural gas used by the pulp mill, uh, reducing carbon emissions, and, uh, and creating an opportunity out of a, a waste product uh, that was uh, previously just being vented. This, of course, uh, uh, continues or adds to the broader conversation about energy energy use in our province as we make that transition uh, to other uh, energy solutions. But we continue to talk about hydroelectric, BC Hydro, uh, Fortis BC and natural gas. Where does uh, traditional uh, conventional fuel fit into that conversation? We've just had a conversation with uh, Kevin Falcon at 3 o'clock hour where he was uh, quite concerned about BC Utilities' decision to not allow Fortis BC to go ahead to expand their natural gas network in the Okanagan. And Fortis has already said within the next two years, they'll be at capacity there. They need more pipeline uh, for that area, about 30 kilometers. They'll pay for it themselves. It's a private company. But still, the Utilities Commission said, we agree you need more. But uh, it does um, go up against BC's clean, clean energy program. And so those are some of the conversations that are going around, just as the Premier is, of course, announcing uh, this hydrogen project uh, in Prince George. Joining me now to talk a little bit about today's announcement and the broader conversations around energy is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Good afternoon, Richard. Good afternoon, Jess. Thanks for having me. So how big of an announcement is this uh, in regards to this hydrogen project in Prince George? It's significant, but I think we're going to get bigger announcements coming in the next few hours here. So Premier EB is spending uh, today and tomorrow in Prince George. You know, it's not that long ago where, you know, NDP premiers would probably not feel particularly comfortable at an event like this. You know, there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of representation for the party uh, in the region in northern British Columbia. There had been questions for a long time around the party's ability to develop resources. Uh, There had been a thought for a long time that it was a party that sided with the unionized side of resource development rather than the private sector. But a lot of that has changed. And, you know, through the work that Premier Horgan did leading into Premier Eby, uh, there is now quite a strong reception uh, for the Premier at an event like this. And so the hydrogen project is crucial for all the reasons 
you outlined. It's about those two key priorities from this government, ensuring that the forestry sector remains viable and healthy in this province, and this project helps support the Canfor mill. And then the other bigger part of this is in ensuring that the province is hitting and maintaining its climate targets. You don't have to go very far to hear David Eby speak about the challenges we are facing in this province around climate. Our climate is changing. We're going to experience it over the next 24 hours with another snowstorm that's going to go through Metro Vancouver and Southern Vancouver Island and cause chaos. We saw record-breaking fires last summer. We're still reeling from the atmospheric river. All of those are impacts of climate change. And these types of projects, this hydrogen project in this case, help reduce emissions and hit those long-term goals around climate. Now, my but tonight, is, yep. tonight's going to be the big address from the Premier. And I expect that we're going to see more in terms of commitments around BC Hydro and where they are at in terms of power generation and more announcements around protecting our forest sector in this province. Uh, let's listen to David Eby again. Uh, here's him commenting about a task force, uh, putting together a task force, uh, talking about uh, accelerating BC Hydro's uh, generation capacity. Uh, we put it together a task force at BC Hydro to accelerate their generation capacity. Uh, drought uh, definitely is an issue for BC Hydro around uh, hydroelectrical uh, generation. Uh, but you can see through careful management that BC Hydro uh, weathered this very cold period and was able to support our neighbours in Alberta and in Washington State uh, when their systems were in trouble. Uh, they helped us during the forest fire season. We're so grateful for that. Glad to help them during the cold weather and for the long term for our hydro grid stability uh, and for the economic opportunities that are there, you're going to hear more from us about expanding uh, those resources. Now, there has been a lot of conversation around uh, BC Hydro and its call for power. Yesterday, Richard McCandless was here uh, joining us on the show, and, and he's a retired public servant, but who follows BC Hydro very closely. Real middle-of-the-road guy, but uh, knows his stuff, certainly. And one of the things he said was the focus for BC Hydro moving forward in this call to power is really going to be wind. Uh, but he says he is concerned, A, first, not just on wind, but just the ability for BC Hydro moving forward to generate the type of capacity they say they want to generate generate, uh, number one. And number two, he also believes that you can't sort of make that rush away from fossil fuels as quickly as we probably like. Uh, this, of course, is coming with the, you know, uh, Fortis BC being told they can't even expand their uh, pipeline network uh, uh, by 30 kilometers. So let's listen to Premier EB again in regards to criticism, uh, c- citing uh, c- criticism from folks as saying that there may be an energy shortage by 2026 in BC. Take a listen. The core of, of the idea that we need to increase our electrical supply uh, is, uh, is one that I agree with. Um, we've been working with BC Hydro uh, to expedite uh, uh, our approval processes and their processes to make sure we're bringing that power on. Uh, I'll have more to say about uh, the work that BC Hydro is doing in terms of their overall work. Uh, they have done, issued the first power call in a generation, 3,000 megawatts of renewable power for our province. Uh, I'm proud of BC Hydro's work. It was our province that supported Alberta and Washington State when their grids went down. Um, and, uh, and I'm glad that we were able to do that. Uh, but we also need to be strong in the future as well. And so we're doing the planning work that's necessary around that. 
So, Richard, this is a, a huge, huge undertaking. How successful yep. do you think will be in regards to the 3,000 megawatts? Obviously, they want significant uh, participation for First Nations communities. And Richard said he thinks where this is all headed, really, at the end of the day, is more wind power. But there's always going to be challenges with any energy source. But how successful do you think BC Hydro will be in regards to wind and, uh, and probably some independent power producers being involved as well? Yeah, it depends how you define success, right? Like this is going to cost money and potentially a lot of money up front from the province. The worry here is that we are going to become an importer of power rather than an exporter of power. We have Site C coming online, but that power has all been accounted for. You know, as we electrify our grid for personal use in terms of electric vehicles, but also for industry, we're not we're running out of that power. And as the Premier spoke to, and you and I have spoken about this in the past, we are looking at these drought conditions that are not just a one or two year problem, but potentially a long term problem. And as we have more drought in this province, it means that our dams produce less electricity. So we look at alternatives. What will it cost to um, invest in a substantial wind sector in this province? How much power can that generate? And then what does it look like to work with these independent power producers and what will the costs look like? So there will be companies at the table here willing to work with British Columbia to help develop these sectors whether it's going to be fruitful or not, and, and how much of that work is going to be taken on by independence compared to hydro, that's going to be the big challenge and ultimately will be the determining factor in answering that question about whether all of this is successful or not. What do you make of this criticism uh, of the Utilities Commission, them turning down 30 kilometers of a uh, Fortis BC pi- a natural gas pipeline they want to build to add greater capacity for the Okanagan, which, as you know, is fast growing, number one. Uh, and this is these are private dollars. And Fortis has already said we're two winters away from hitting capacity in regards to their pipeline to getting natural gas to the Okanagan. I mean, it seems rather absurd. It does uh, on its face, and the Premier obviously is going to have to better explain how they are making these determinations in terms of investments. And clearly one of the worries from this government is around investment in um, non-renewables, that the focus continues to be renewable power, moving away from oil, moving away from natural gas, but there is demand here that is needed and there is power that is needed. And that's one of the things the Premier will have to be clear to people on is how are they going to ensure that the power that British Columbians need is there when they need it? And what are they doing? Because, you know, not only do these projects come with power, they come with jobs. And with the economy the way it is and concerns around global economic pressures, what is this government doing to ensure that there are opportunities across the province for employment. Forestry continues to be a priority, but there is so many, there are so many more sectors, including this crucial Fortis work that that is needed in terms of ensuring that the job market is fully tapped. Richard, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Josh.